1: plushcare.com slash weight loss
2: wow Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad and we're joined as always by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you?
1: You say as always I'm on the podcast, what if I'm suddenly taken unwell and I'm unable to attend? What then Chris?
2: I will just do you in a silly voice. Or just, no, I'll just do your <laughs> just accent Just do my in normal voice. Peak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a tricky accent, though. I don't think I could pull it off. I'll it's... do the best goddamn Pete Donaldson impression there's. Yeah, anything many have tried and many have failed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose there's good news and bad news. The first thing, good news. Right. I finally got a bicycle.
1: Hey. I got a bicycle, Pete. What are we talking here? Like an amazing kind of you know thousand pound
2: carbon fibre beauty. It's. I think it costs about £2,000. It's not carbon fibre. Apparently, uh, steel is better for bikes. Uh, I'm not sure why. I wasn't really listening to the guy, to be honest. (laughs) Uh, It's still pretty lightweight, though. I I can literally pick it up quite easily and carry it around. Um, The bad news, of course, is I I rode it back from the bike shop, which is about five kilometres away from my apartment, Mm. Um, and I haven't been able to sit down today. (laughs) That was yesterday. The, The seat... It's like the devil himself made it. It's made of concrete or something. <laughs> it's so damn hard. I'm really worried now about the cycle. And a lot of people have been warning me about this, right? Mm. If you're one of the people who uh, messaged me, warning me about bike seats and the pain it would, it would lead to, you're absolutely right. Mm. And this is what's... Five kilometres and I can't sit down for a day. 2,000 kilometres. I'm going to be disabled. Um, so I don't really know what to do. I'm probably going to get some trousers with like a padded... Cushioned yeah. uh, bit at the back, or I'm going to try and get a new seat. But this needs to be sorted out because otherwise, I'm absolutely stuffed for the cycle.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. um, it's it's all about um, familiarity, though, isn't it? It's about doing it every day and getting your bum firmed up.
2: I've had a lot of a lot of support from people. I've even had a guy, a really cool guy, who s- spends his life just cycling around the world in yeah. Asia make a, like an entire video dedicated to giving me tips and advice. So, ah. yeah, it's, it, the, everyone's come together been very kind and, and given me a lot of ideas and lots of things that I never would have thought about. The main thing I'm worried about are the tunnels, um, going through mountains, right? Mm. A lot of uh, the Japanese countryside, you need to go through tunnels to actually get anywhere. Yeah. And that's going to be quite scary because uh, are they going to see me? Uh, how safe is that going to be? And certainly some of the country roads are a little bit dicey. So that's probably top of my list of concerns and then followed by the seat the bicycle seat from hell that's the second one but yeah if i can get around those two problems i'm good
1: I, I think you'd be all right with the tunnels i mean comparatively compared to like the amount of cycling you're going to be doing um surely the tunnels aren't that long unless i'm just completely unaware of how long the tunnels can be i guess they must go through some entire mountains. so yeah yeah i know you get
2: Tunnels up to five, six kilometres long but Jeez, never end. Really? Wow. Hopefully, I'm going to miss them out. <laughs> that would be terrifying getting stuck midway into like a five kilometre tunnel <laughs> on just a bicycle. <laughs> Uh, off your head on game. carbon monoxide, <laughs> oh dear, or whatever comes out of it. A... <laughs> off my head on carbon monoxide of the sweat, yeah. Yes. But you'll you'll experience it. Like uh, if if all goes well, Pete, and you do actually get to join us on the cycle, <laughs> we'll be going through Fukui and there's lots of mountains there, lots yeah. of tunnels. So you'll get to experience the magic of carbon monoxide and tunnels as well. Well, so I mean, well, again, we'll, we'll just see won't we <laughs> we'll see if I turn up,
1: <laughs> won't we? Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm uh, I'm I've, I've again I've not done any cycle since i was about 10 so uh yeah probably get
2: interesting. some preparation in then yeah do something i only go at the gym gi- i only got the
1: gym and lift the weights i quite like the weights i just find everything else anything that's going to elongate my life i find quite boring
2: <laughs> yeah maybe i don't know just get on a bicycle get one of those bicycles and just cycle away in the gym mm. instead and hopefully after a few weeks you'll be good you'll be ready <laughs> i'll be mean, pretty funny though if we have to stick you in the car halfway through cause you can't handle it <laughs> <laughs> I'm just cycling alone with you out the car window. Well, I'll, be, of cheering very, well, I'll me on be very jet lagged.
1: Yeah, I'll be very jet lagged, I? so. No i can excuses, just get the mate. train. i can just get the train to the next city and go, "Hello, Chris. I had a wonderful sleep. <laughs> How are you?" <laughs> so
2: today we've got a few news articles, mm. ladies and gentlemen. As always, we've got a few news art, a few news articles from across Japan, as well as your questions, which we'll be diving into later on. Um, the first first news article that caught my attention this week uh, a man was arrested for robbing a Tokyo convenience store with a rather unique weapon. Uh, do you want to go? Do you want to divulge what that weapon is, Pete? I believe, Chris, it was a nose hair trimmer. Now, a nose hair trimmer.
1: If you're unfamiliar, maybe you are awesome. a girl uh, and not not um, cursed with nose and ear hair. Um, it's like <laughs> it's like a little kind of flashlight, isn't it? I guess, I suppose, like a little kind of tube, um, which doesn't look much like a gun. I'm not really sure how they managed to make it look like a gun or a a knife. I I, I mean, presumably, like threatening well, to get someone with a nose trimmer. What do you do? Like,
2: <laughs> well, I'm going to trim you. I, no, I think nose nose hair trimmers are like the little tiny scissors. The, oh, uh, the picture I saw in the article. We're talking those sense. tiny scissors right. with one centimeters of like blade. A blade to yeah. call it a blade is an exaggeration oh, anyway. But this right. guy, yes, this is how ridiculous it is. It's not even. A tube of some sort. It's like a tiny pair of scissors with so round ends brand- on. So
1: he was brandishing it like it was. I mean, bearing in mind they're they're designed, yeah. or scissors, those little tiny wee scissors that were used in the past before electricity was uh, in- invented. Um, those are not hair trimmers. Um, like they're designed to go in really delicate parts of your body, so exactly. by virtue of the fact they're not very sharp, or they're certainly not sharp on the ends where you'd. Uh, just,
2: well, they're oh, not, no, they're, they're not sharp. I mean. So this this guy walked into a family mart in Shinjuku, downtown Tokyo, <laughs> at 4am mm. on uh, August 31st. Uh, the guy was apparently his late 40s, and he went, walked up to the clerk, pulled out these uh, these deadly nose hair trimmers, and said, don't move, give me all the money. Uh, and obviously the <laughs> clerk, I mean, if somebody tells you don't move, but also to give you all the money out the till, yeah. already you've got a bit of a a uh, kind of conundrum on your hands. Do you move? Do you bring on the wrath of the, <laughs> put, of the nose your, hair trimmers? Put or your hands you, up and give and me all the, the money.
1: Well, I can only do one thing at the time. <laughs>
2: Terrible idea. <laughs> well, this... This guy, this 25-year-old clerk, apparently he was so confused, as he would be, uh, he just sort of ran away. And the guy who was holding up the store with this deadly weapon couldn't get the money out because you need the store clerk to open the safe or crack open the till anyway. (laughs) Uh, And while the robber was holding up the store with these nose hair trimmers, luckily a police officer dropped by and caught him and uh, arrested him. But it's just such a ridiculous kind of... Japanese style crime story. I mean, we've we've reported a few in the past, like the the manager of the convenience store who held up his own shop with a face mask on, but all the staff just listened to his voice and realised it was him, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I watched a video just yesterday of like um, some like gangster being taken down by the Japanese police. Mm. Uh, there was like four or five. What happens in Japan is when there's a, a criminal, they swarm the the criminal. I've seen it in Osaka before. Basically, you have like a <laughs> A, a ruffian sitting there doing something bad, drinking alcohol, swearing, whatever, something really naughty. Yeah. And like two police cars will turn up with four police officers in each and they'll just sort of circle the person and try and calm them down. And in the video I saw, and you can check it out on YouTube, it's everywhere, they restrained the guy and then wrapped him up in a futon and carried him <laughs> off to the police station in custody. They wrap <laughs> people up here.
1: How <laughs> bonkers is that? I, I like uh, in I'm in, just looking at the news video that you sent, um so there's a picture of the nose trimmers. But then you've got the news anchor that's outside the family mart in question in Shinjuku, basically sort of saying mm. these are the um ter- these are the these are the clippers involved. Um in, in and it's in the news anchor's hand. Now that's a piece of evidence, surely. Deadly weapon. Yeah. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I can't that's believe he, I can't believe the guy didn't go over to I can't believe the guy didn't just go over to the fridge and just, you know, get himself a picari sweat. For his troubles, because I mean, he didn't get any money well, out of the till, yeah. so yeah, you'd at least grab yourself a coolish.
2: Of course, you at least grab yourself a, a hand ice cream. But yeah. like, I don't know. It's it's just uh, I don't know how I'd react if I was a store clerk and somebody went and uh, pulled out these nose hair trimmers. Mm. I don't really know what I'd do. I think I would ge- I would genuinely be scared, not because of the the uh, somewhat disappointing weapon, but just by. The person's men- like just mentality. Yeah, exactly. If, in if, general, if who you, does that? If, yeah,
1: if you think if you think that you can rob a convenience store with just <laughs> a, a small pair of scissors, I think you know what 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 else can you do? Bearing in mind that the, the, the shop probably sells sharper things than he's got. <laughs> they probably sell full size yeah. scissors. They sell everything. Those Family mats
2: right what, <laughs> at what point did he what was he doing was he literally just trimming his nose hair and thought wait a minute this is it this is, brilliant. This is all i need it's <laughs> to <laughs> rob the family mart. this store. could not only <laughs> turn <laughs> over my yes hygiene required.
1: this could turn around my hygiene
2: and my luck this could turn <laughs> over a whole shop it's ridiculous but there you go oh well uh that's the kind of high-level crime we deal with here in japan <laughs> every single day it's not exactly a scene out of heat, is it? No, no. I mean, the only picture really sort, of <laughs> what sort of scenes you see in films, everyone with an M4 <laughs> carbine holding up a store, and then you've got nose hair trimmers. I there think um, somebody so made that's... the
1: comment online that it was like um, somebody starting a game of um, um, player unknowns <laughs> Battlegrounds at the start where you've got no weapons, and you might come into a, a room, and all you've got is a frying pan to fight off people who are actually, yeah. you know, they've got guns and
2: stuff. It's like playing a video game on expert difficulty, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's taking, taking a, down the
1: bad guys with nose hair trimmers. He's taking a knife to it. He's taking a
2: small pair of scissors to a, a gunfight there. Quite literally, yeah. Mm.
0: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
1: So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited
0: Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15,
1: 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: And to my surprise, I stumbled across a secret sexy club. Wow. Uh, but there you go. That's the, the criminal, the terrifying crime story of the week. It's a great first um, story. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> the second story that caught my eye um, is not quite as graphic or deadly. Mm. It's kind of cool. Um, so, they, there used to be a train that went from Tokyo to Sapporo, uh, the city in Hokkaido. It ran from 1988 to 2015 before the train uh, was upgraded to a bullet train. This train in particular, though, was a sleeper train. You'd sit on the, you'd, you know, you'd get a carriage, you'd fall asleep, and 16 hours later, you'd wake up in Sapporo. Unfortunately, it wasn't very popular because the flight path between. Uh, Tokyo and Sapporo, is only about one hour and a half, and Mm. it's much cheaper than the sleeper train anyway. So I guess (laughs) there's sort of people that would ride it. It's more for the romantic element of it, right? Like the uh, Oriental Express or something. Um, But it got decommissioned, and they've actually taken the sleeping compartments out of the carriages and stuck them into a hotel called the Hokutosei Hostel, um, which is the name of the rail line. The name of the rail line was the Hokutosei. Um, so if you want to feel like you're sleeping in a train, and you want to you want to do that for whatever reason, then you can. It does look kind of romantic and cool. I won't mm. lie. Um, they've taken bits and pieces out of the dining car, and you can sit in the sort of communal area with all the sort of stuff that you would have had from the train. But the the carriages, you know, they do kind of look good. They're broken up into dorms, and each one has four bunk beds. Um, so it is basically just like a hostel, but themed. Yeah. kind of elegant themed hostel was the best way to describe it. If you're into your trains, though, it could be quite romantic. It's near Akihabara as well, so good area as well. But yeah. I would have thought that's the sort of thing you'd like, Pete. You're I bit, I, I, love, kind of I love trendy... I love I sli-
1: love I love a sleeper train. Um, I mean, I'm, g- I'm going to ignore your use of the word Oriental Express, which I enjoyed immensely. <laughs> and I think it should be called the Oriental Express because it's funny. Um, but oh, I shit, did I get it wrong? Oriental well, Express. The, the, the it was literally no. two letters, Chris. That's it. Um, <laughs> um, Nothing. <laughs> I have nothing um i um I've been on loads of sleeper trains, certainly in England. I find them incredibly romantic and exciting. There's nothing better than a sleeper train I mean they do we
2: have them in they, England
1: yeah, we have them in um from um Edinburgh to uh Edinburgh and Glasgow to um London takes oh,
2: cool yeah
1: hours nine hours you can get up to most of Scotland there I mean they frequently break down. Uh, and they're right. you know they're not the most luxuri- they're not as, as as luxurious as they used to be. I think they're getting upgraded actually. There is a sleeper train in Japan, isn't there? There's a couple. There's um, the Sunrise that I've always wanted to go on. Um, it like any kind of like capsule hotel, it's very much uh, you know you're you're right next to the person next to you and stuff. It's like sleeping in like a business class mm-hmm. um, seat. Um, so you're really close to the, to the other people and uh, yeah, it's um, it's it, it's very um, compact, let's say, uh, and communal. Um, very little personal space yeah, yeah. Uh, has not been explored,
2: but um, yeah, it looks really good. It looks really cool. It looks all right. I mean, I think I've only been on one sleeper train, and that was uh, in China. Mm. That was pretty intense. Uh, <laughs> it's something. There is something romantic about it, isn't there? I think yeah. it's because my favourite James Bond film, From Russia with Love, they kind of sits on a train and goes across Europe. And mm. ever since then, I thought, yeah, that's quite cool. That's that would quite be romantic. awesome. Yeah. But also, but it's just like,
1: they they always sort of leave at, like, weird times. They never leave at, like, when you're going to go to sleep. mm -hmm. They they never leave at, like, midnight. They always leave at, like, ten. And so they dump you. I remember being dumped out in a place called Dunkeld in Scotland at, like, six in the morning. And it was just completely dark and there was nothing open. And obviously I couldn't go to a hotel because it was... Not open and it's pretty dreadful, to be honest. But as long as you can get your timings right, I think it's quite a fun way to travel.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I don't know if I'll be dropping into this place. I don't know <laughs> if it's on my hit list. Probably not. Uh, I think I'll just stick with a regular capsule hotel. They do one. The only other thing they have that could that might swing it is they have a very kind of they have this Sapporo beer that you can only get in Hokkaido. Mm. Uh, obviously, the train used to go to Hokkaido and so it was stocked with uh, local specialty goods that you could get in Hokkaido. But that's the only other reason you'd probably <laughs> want to go. Unless you love trains or supper or beer, probably there's probably other probably better places to stay, to be honest. they, they love um, um, The Japanese love a special
1: edition, don't they? Oh, you can only get that in this town. Oh, we do the ramen slightly differently. And it's just like, you've got to come here to do it, and nobody yeah. else can do it.
2: <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah, I've always wondered why that is. Yeah. I think it's because... A lot of Japanese tourists don't actually leave Japan much. Yeah. It's far less common, I think, for Japanese tourists to go overseas. So they typically stay in Japan, and if you go to the next town over or the next prefecture over, yeah. it kind of makes it all the more exciting, right? Where the the mackerel is better, or where the ramen tastes, you know, unique or something. Generally, yeah. I, I mean, I've travelled the length and breadth of Japan, and honestly, you could it's not that big a deal like uh, i spoke to Ryotaro yesterday and he went he said he went to uh, shikoku the island in the south yeah. and he went to a prefecture i think it was kochi kochi prefecture and he had some uh, some mackerel or something there and he said it was the best mackerel he's ever had but then he said that when we're in almori one time before and it's <laughs> he kind of goes along with it and most japanese people do but to me it all just you know it's all just tastes the much same i can't rest. really it's think it's all of, pretty good isn't it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't really think of many places where there are unique dishes. I mean, Sendai, we've got Gyutan, right? Mm. tongue, Right. Uh, and it is quite difficult to find that across Japan, but there are restaurants that do it still everywhere. It's just a lot more frequent in Sendai. Yeah. So, I don't know. I play along with it. But really, <laughs> yeah, if, <laughs> if you're matter. making a special pilgrimage to somewhere, it might not be worth it. You could yeah. probably find the exact same thing you want in Tokyo anyway. <laughs> but, I mean, on the subject of weird, wacky things that people... Uh, I mean, if you thought the sleeper train was kind of unique and special, the next story that caught my attention, and this is from a few months ago now, uh, is, is equally as weird. No, it's in fact, it's a lot more weird, isn't it? Um, the There's a... <laughs> Japan has started the world's first virtual airline. Wow. The world's first vir- virtual airline. Uh, and basically, it's, a, it's just like a cafe or restaurant with a VR headset Uh, You you arrive at the cafe and you check in. I think you either you could take your passport, you get a fake passport and they give you a ticket. You sit down in a compartment that looks like the kind of uh, premium economy cabin or like an airline. And uh, the cabin attendant comes in. They give you the safety kind of talk that they normally would before a plane takes off you slip on your vr headset take off and then you enjoy a four-course meal in the style of uh you know being in a first-class cabin on an airline <laughs> uh i don't see the attraction of that Six thousand six hundred yen, yen about 60 dollars mm. uh uh but yeah I, I don't get it i don't understand but it's been doing quite well apparently
1: well we're, we're trying to get my trying to get my mum to go on a, on a trip i, I always uh, i always try and get my mum to like get on a plane or go somewhere and she never does she she hasn't been on a plane for some time now but um there should be like a pretty good halfway house because i think the things that i think my mum would really like about travel and certainly like mm. business class travel would be a little space for herself and she gets served like a lovely breakfast all in um little kind of compartments and stuff and like she gets served breakfast and it's all there for her and then she gets a, a cup of tea and you know she she loves that sort of thing that's why she loves staying in like Hotels that has bed and breakfast have bed and bed and breakfasts. She loves being served a breakfast because she never gets that from well, my dad, basically. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's make that very clear. But um, she loves that sort of thing, so I think she'd really appreciate this. But um, she, I mean, she would have to get so, on a really yeah. long flight to Japan to do it. So, uh, in the absence
2: know. of your romantic dad, this <laughs> morning gesture with breakfast, yeah, a virtual airline is the only solution. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, this is uh, apparently it's popular with elderly people who can't fly for whatever reason, right, if disabled or have ailments. Uh, so it kind of appeals to that demographic. I, I mean, I, I did think about going in there with a camera. It's the sort of thing that could do well, right? Oh, in yeah, the yeah, same usually. Similar vein as the uh, robot dinosaur hotel, yeah. which I filmed a, a year and a half ago, which I thought, I mean, it sounded great, and I got there. And that has been going viral, actually, the last few weeks. Everybody's been commenting about it, saying, oh... Chris covered that a year and a half ago. Um, it's doing the rounds again. Every, whenever something goes viral, you find it tends to go viral again, mm. like a year or two later. Uh, but I never really found that that good. The robot dinosaur hotel. Did you see the video? I Equestrian? did see the video.
1: I mean, it, it was just the it was just like an animatronic sort of robot dinosaur in, in the front lobby, yeah. wasn't it? And then, um,
2: so you yeah, you, you basically go in. You go to the check-in counter and there's two velociraptors. You choose your language and then it starts <laughs> speaking in English or Chinese or whatever language you choose. Oh, nice. It starts gesturing and moving around. It's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> it looks horrifying. It's moving. It's rocking backwards and forwards with its Creaky. giant claws and its mouth. Uh, there's a T-Rex in there as well. There are cleaning robots, cleaning the windows and the floor. Um, there's lots of just robots doing things in general. The coolest thing... Mm. Uh there was a fish tank and there were like robotic fish just sailing around <laughs> in it. And I thought they were real at first. Oh wow. Until I got up close. That was kind of cool. <laughs> and then and then there was a a robotic talking egg thing, a concierge, a digital concierge right. in the shape of an egg, in your in each and every hotel room. And it would just it it just barely worked. It was really awkward. <laughs> um we got the permission of the people at the hotel to film there and they kind of escorted us around. And I found it all relatively underwhelming. It's kind of cool. It's a bit of a novelty. It's quite expensive. It's like twice the price of your average hotel room in Japan. Yeah. The only reason it might be popular is because it's near Disneyland. So mm. maybe, I don't know, families and kids might like it. But yeah, this it was really awkward. We had this digital egg concierge thing. And you could say, turn on the TV. And then it wouldn't work. And you'd be like, turn on the TV. <laughs> and it just would go and do nothing. And... It was just really awkward. And I had to try... When I (laughs) edited the video... Yeah, I mean, when I edited the video, I tried to make it look better than it was because I felt... Mm. I kind of felt sorry for the hotel staff. I think... To be fair, I think it only just opened up. But, yeah, I I kind of felt sorry for them. But the video subsequently led to being on Canadian television. Mm. Uh, Well... Well, that's the thing, that though, isn't cool.
1: it? That this is kind of your bread and butter, though, isn't it? I mean, you might not, you know, particularly be that confused by TV. it. Well, th- that as well, I guess. But <laughs> like, you know, getting in on—I st- guess—Japanese um, YouTubers will be flocking to this, uh, to this, um, to this airport um, flying experience to get their video out there and stuff, because that's just kind of what 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 everyone has to do, I suppose. And then, and but then, should again, I this-
2: should I go, Pete?
1: Well, um, should I film it? I think you should sort of get in contact with them and say, look, listen. Who's the big swinging big dog in Japan? It's me, it's Chris Broad. Um, you need to let right. me in on the ground. Don't let any other YouTubers in. I want exclusivity or you ain't getting you ain't getting the numbers. One million subscribers last week, up yours. You want that? You want a slice of this cheese? Yeah?
2: Good. I just like the idea of sending an email and starting it. Dear sir, madam, I'm the big swinging dog around here. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. I've got 1 million subscribers. <laughs> Where's my... Yeah. I, don't, I, really brilliant. Um, I think the only reason I, I... The reason I wouldn't do it is because I know everybody listening is probably thinking this sounds ridiculous. Apart right. from a few people who are probably quite curious. But for the most part, I think the internet wouldn't be very kind to this concept. I think we'd tear it apart. just because it's just so ridiculous. And it just... I mean, fair play though. If you go on YouTube and look at it, it's called uh, First Airlines. Mm. Google it, YouTube it, look it up. And... The level, of, they they do really commit to this idea. It does look almost convincing to a point. I think there's about yeah. 10 or 12 seats in there. They've got digital clouds as well, uh, as well as the headset, <laughs> of course. And the meal looks all right. The meal actually looks edible and yeah. quite all right. But yeah, I don't know. I d- again, don't think I'll be going there. But it's uh, another another insight into the sort of wacky experiences you can expect in, in Tokyo.
1: I just wonder how long the meals are. Like, do you have to stay on. If it's a long-haul flight, you have to stay on for, like, five hours?
2: Well, well, it says uh I think the flights go from Tokyo to Paris and Tokyo to New York. Right. I don't think it's in real time. That would be a little bit sad. Uh, <laughs> just 12 hours in a room with a little chair uh pretending to be on a plane. But, you know, I think you should bring your mum to Tokyo. Yeah. And let her do it, Pete. Although, obviously... <laughs> The flawed idea is she'd have to fly all the way to Tokyo, exactly, on a real plane to try being on a fake plane. I might, I Uh, might do like a. Didn't they just used to drug Mr.
1: T back in the day on the air team? They used to give him a hamburger with a with a with a sleeping tablet in it, and he would get on because he (laughs) wouldn't get on any planes. How'd I get here? How'd I get here? Well, here's a clue, Mr. T. You ate a burger like you do every time they make you get on a plane, (laughs) idiot. (laughs) Jesus. Knocked out with burgers. We've all been there.
2: All right, well, let's dive into the fax machine. We've got a lot of cool emails from you guys this week. Um, what have we got there in the fax machine, Mr Donaldson? Oh, we've
1: got an email from uh, Margie, who's in uh, Florida. Hi, Chris oh, and Pete. Hey, Margie. Um, it was very recently brought to my attention that the Japanese have a tradition surrounding a child going on their first errand. I know this question doesn't really have a lot of direction, but I was wondering if you could tell us anything about it, as I don't know much, but I would like to learn. Um I always listen to the podcast while uh, driving. It's one of my favourites. I live on campus and not only ever drive to Dunkin' Donuts, which is right down the road. I usually go to Dunkin' Donuts like three times before the podcast is over. Well, Margie, um, I hope you don't contract some form of diabetes thanks to the Band podcast, but uh, I would like to say we're not liable for any uh, problems that your body might experience
2: if you eat yes, donuts three times addicted. a day. Don't get too addicted <laughs> to Dunkin' Donuts. As I said last week, I love it when you guys send in your comments and messages and you paint a picture of how you listen to the podcast last week we had a bus before that we had a guy from sweden who was on his way to a job interview and now we've got margie (laughs) who's going frequently perhaps too frequently to dunkin donuts so yeah when you when you send your messages in do paint a picture of what you're doing i quite like it Mm. i live for that i live Um, for this um yeah interestingly i didn't really know what this was um so, Margie raises a point here. There's a TV show. I found out about this after reading the question. There's a TV show in Japan called uh, My First Errand, Aww. or Hajimete no Otsukai. You can look it up on YouTube. It's called Kid Tasks One. I think somebody just uploaded a, a program of it. It's really quite interesting. Basically, they take a a five-year-old kid, sometimes... Actually, no, two- to five-year-old kid, somewhere within that range, and they set them off on a task across town to do something like go and get the lettuce. It's kind of... Not the most exciting errands, I won't lie, but they'll sort of take a kid and be like, go and get the lettuce. And the one I watched on YouTube is like a five-year-old boy and his four-year-old, four or three-year-old sister and the mum sort of waves them off and they don't know, in this TV show, they don't know that there's a TV crew following (gasps) them, yeah, following them around town. And it's really interesting because yeah. it's like the kids are just doing their own thing. You get an insight into the mind of a five-year-old. Uh, and the one I watched, this little boy, for the first five or ten minutes of his adventure, he was just crying. And he's oh. just, just trying to cheer him up and just patting him. It's quite it's quite heartwarming stuff, actually. And then he, they walk into the butchers and the boy's like, I want a steak. And the butcher's really impressed by this boy and gives him a steak. Um, and yeah, it's, it's quite a nice, humbling thing. It yeah. kind of gives you a sense of... Uh, renewed confidence in the power of children um I mean, I see it all the time i was I was walking through uh Tokyo about two weeks ago, trying mm. to get my ten thousand steps in, yeah on an evening. I just saw this like this like it must have been a, a four year old kid a little girl four years old in a cool little outfit with the hat and the backpack that you always see mm. and she was just walking alongside this really big road on her own, nobody in sight at all. <laughs> she was clearly either doing this errand or just. I don't know, going to school or something on her own. But there was no parents in sight. It's kind of eerie. Mm. Um, but apparently they do it in Japan because it reinforces the fact that Japan is a collectivist society. And if you do have a problem, you can turn to the people around you. Right? Yeah. People on the street or people in the train or whatever, you can ask them for help. And it kind of reinforces this kind of collectivist notion of Japanese society and how it all works together. It's quite, I mean, that's quite a nice way of looking at it, but it's still quite daunting. I don't think I'd have the confidence to just let my five-year-old, four or five-year-old kid just walk off around town on their own, especially as just last week there was a massive news story where a, I think it was a two or three-year-old boy had uh, been out with his grandfather in some sort of field doing something, picking berries, mm. and the grandfather just sort of said to him, oh, you can go home now and the kid walked off on their own got lost for like 3 or 4 days oh, in a forest. Oh. Uh huh. so worst case scenario it can go wrong. Um but yeah, <laughs> worst I case know. scenario you find I feel in all. a forest. <laughs> yeah, they found the kid though, so that was thank Good. god, but Yeah. What's the next email, Chris? The next email uh is actually it's another person from Florida. Oh, <laughs> it's I think this this uh, this 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 week everyone's from Florida. Uh, uh, Florida uh, men Richard. and Florida he says, hello, women. hello Pete and Chris. Yeah, Richard here from Miami, Florida, in the U.S. of A. Uh, Japan is well known for how safe it is, but have either of you ever encountered the most dangerous side? For example, have you ever had a run-in with the Yakuza? Uh, and are there any other gangs in Japan, or is that just the only one? Is there such a thing as street gangs in Japan? Thank you. Keep doing what you do. Cheers, Richard from Miami. That's the third co- the third question we've had from Miami in the last two podcasts. Mm. We we finally discovered where Pitbull was last week, right? <laughs> thanks to another listener in Miami. But um, yeah, I have actually never had a proper run in with the Yakuza. What about you, Pete?
1: No, I don't think I don't think I could. I think the only time is a friend um, was um, having a night out, and she met a couple of blocks who had the full back. Like they were older blocks, but they were they were a bit pissed, and they showed off their uh, <laughs> their ink, so to speak. But like he literally had his trousers around his ankles, like showing his showing his bum oh bum choice. tats as well cuz it went down quite low. <laughs> it's quite funny. You're a good nick. I mean, to be you've fair. got a
2: you've got a tattoo. So technically you are you are Yakuza, right?
1: Well, um my uh, Goro Majima um Halloween uh, costume um will involve me having to apply oh, yeah, some fake one. some fake um tattoos onto my body, so <laughs> there'll be two reasons why I'm not in on some. One, yeah, my don't... fake tattoos are flaking off into the water and also oh. you have got tattoos. <laughs> But yeah, uh, but you you sort of don't see, I think you see the effects of it sort of thing. Because I think, isn't it truly like the Yakuza's kind of uh, most egregious crimes are invariably loan shark, uh, like real estate scams and stuff like that. There's a lot of blue collar crime um, sort of, oh sorry, white collar crime uh, sort of working in in Japan. So I guess as as foreigners, I mean, I certainly wouldn't have seen anything um, apart from, you know, obviously walking past, you know. Uh, sexual I mean, seen... places in 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 Chipuya and stuff, in Shinjuku and stuff. It's very yakuza led, isn't it? That sort of thing.
2: Yeah, Shinjuku is probably the best place to see them. Often you will just see them hanging out at the front of bars. If you go in the wrong bar, you might bump into them. Mm. I mean, I think I've met like one or two in my old town where I used to live, and they're yeah. just normal, friendly people with tattoos. Yeah, obviously, what they do can't be condoned. The the three areas they deal with the most is uh, loan sharking. Is is the number one one. Yeah. Uh, I heard a friend of mine once told me that she dated a Yakuza. And (laughs) this guy, he was quite a prominent member in the gang. He used to keep some guy in a cage in his house who owed him lots of money, like $20,000. And he was like, you can either give me the money or you're going in the cage. And the man was like, I'll have the cage. And he was like this slave man or some horrible thing it sounds awful <laughs> i um, mean that's a
1: pretty extreme <laughs> story chris has to be said yeah i know
2: <laughs> family friendly content <on> the <laughs> but um yeah in a in a cage um so loan sharking is a bad one i think a girl i might have dated once her dad owned uh owed money to yakuza mm. i think and she was pretend i think she was maybe she had to work off some of the debt by working at one of their bars or something. I never delved too deep into it. No, didn't want to touch a nerve. And but I, that was one thing. So that, loan sharking, and also red light that, industry. Yeah, in Kabukicho and Shinjuku, and uh, yeah, property owning a lot of property in the kind of late night red light districts around Tokyo and yeah. in, in Japan in general. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've never really heard of any foreigners having problems with them. It's usually people that borrow money from them can't pay it back, and then they end up in a cage. Uh, so don't no, don't, don't borrow money from the accuser you'll be alright I reckon
1: yeah unless you really like cages maybe you're into that kind of thing that caper yeah no, <laughs> we've got not. an email from uh, Nico which will hopefully oh, not God. lead us so far astray uh, big fan of the podcast keep it good work oh stop Nico uh, I've got to Japan this coming winter and would like to make videos about my trip I'm a bit intimidated though on the amount of gear you need to carry to make your videos look professional so my question is what equipment do you recommend should I bring with me
2: that's one for you Chris definitely yeah, uh, that's a good question, right? This is this is an easy one because if you are telling in, if you want to be like a vlogger or you just want to film for your <coughs> holiday, right, and make some nice videos out of it, get uh, this the camera that all the vloggers use is called the Canon G Seven X Two. I think it's around four hundred five hundred dollars, but the quality on it is amazing. I actually use it quite a lot for filming in restaurants and places where I want to be a little bit discreet. But a lot of the big vloggers. A lot of the big vloggers on YouTube, uh, the big vloggers. Big boys. They use it. They use it. Ah, Yeah. I mean, they go around, and it's just nice and easy. You can hold it quite easily in one hand. It's got a flip screen, so you can obviously film yourself, which is the number one thing you need if you're a vlogger. Right. Uh, And, yeah, G7X2 Canon. Other than that, if you've got a good phone, I mean, most smartphones these days have pretty good cameras on as well. Um, Like, my iPhone does, uh, you know, 4K. And that is actually better than the resolution or than a Canon G7X2. So, yeah, it swings aroundabouts. So personally, get a Canon G7X2 and you can do whatever you want. Yeah, And you can film yourself, you can have a great old time. It's a lovely camera, very fun to use, very easy to use. And if you want to go to the next level, get a Canon 60D. Canon 60D is the right. next step above that. Ah. Yeah, that's what you need. There is no, There is no heavy gear, really. I mean, I did just spend... A little bit of money on a gimbal, which is uh, a kind of stabilizer that I can crack my can, uh, my Panasonic GH5 on top and make things stable. I did that because the uh, the Pachinko video, lots of people commented on it being professional and brilliant, and that was because we used a gimbal. We had right. a camera stabilized, so when we're moving uh. around, it looks very cinematic and slick. So I bought one of those with the hope that I can take things to the next level and get more people complimenting stuff. That's all it would take. I just see. Get a gimbal, but yeah. You don't need anything, really. Just a little camera or your smartphone. That is the bar to yeah. having success on YouTube and the internet these days, actually. It is all, is about, it's all peak about stability.
1: Do. Uh, don't be rude. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I have no hands. Um, <laughs> my hands. My hands have been numbed by an accident I had. Um, uh, with apologies to people who went through just that. Um, good. Uh, right. Wait, what? Really? Wait, what? wait, 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 what? wait. Rewind. Your hands are actually numb. No, they're not numb. I was joking. I was trying to think of why I couldn't hold a camera. I was thinking, I don't know.
2: I've got claws for hands. You have no excuse. We we demand a Pete in Japan. Give Pete us the videos, the channel we deserve. <laughs> a Pete in Japan. We're making one parody video while you're here, at least. Yeah, definitely. We'll have loads of fun. We'll have a lot of fun. I'm gonna pop a wheel. Yeah, and then break that my sounds ankle. reassuring. <laughs> uh, but as always, guys, uh, do send in your questions to abroadjapanpodcast Japan podcast at gmail dot We'll be back same time as always next week with more stories, more emails, and more stuff. Hopefully not so many stories about cages and (laughs) crime and holding up of stores with scissors. But uh, yeah, we'll be back with something. I want to see the... not quite as graphic.
1: I want to see the YouTube channel from the man in the the cage. See you next week. No
2: more cage talk. See you later, everyone.